got your Bibles, Genesis chapter 27. Um, we're looking at the patriarchs. We've been here for some time now. Uh, we've looked at the life of Abraham, and uh, we're looking at Isaac and his family. And uh, his family is a piece of work. And uh, from Isaac, it's going to flow into uh, Jacob here. But uh, as, we, as, as we've been going through the patriarchs, as we've been looking at you know, God's creation from Genesis chapter 1 and uh, the line in which he ch- has chosen, uh, beginning with, uh, with Seth back in uh, Genesis chapter uh, 5, I believe, that uh, has carried through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what? There is not a perfect one in the bunch. They are all sinners. And uh, they have all failed in one way or another. And so the one thing that we can learn through this, this line of the, the promised seed that this is going to pass through to ultimately come to Jesus is that Jesus is our only hope. We can't put our faith in Abraham. We can't put our faith in uh, Isaac or, or Moses or David. All these men failed. And yet God, by his grace, used all of them, just like by his grace, he uses you and I. Because we're not perfect either. But what we all need, the person we all need and our only hope is Jesus Christ. And so we've been looking at this uh, for, for some time now, and it all comes down to God's grace and sovereign election in whom he chooses. But, you know, Craig put it so well last week in chapter 27. Here we have Isaac, and here we have Rebecca, and they are attempting to, well, Isaac in particular is attempting to thwart God's purpose. God, Isaac wants to bless Esau. Isaac loves Esau, and he wants to pass that blessing on to Esau, even though he knows Jacob is the one who's going to receive the promise, the covenantal blessing. But even when Isaac is attempting to thwart God's purpose, um, it's going to blow up in Isaac's face. God has a plan, church, and it cannot be thwarted. And uh, even Jacob and Rebecca, how they were trying to manipulate things because they were afraid that that uh, Jacob wasn't going to get his father's blessing. And even as they as they were deceived, tried to deceive, or they did deceive Isaac and lied to him, you know what? That blew up in their faces as well. And so as we come, came to the, uh, towards uh, the end of chapter 27 and verse, verse 40, uh, things were a mess. And, um, and there's going to be a price paid. 
for this mess. You know, even among God's people, even when we disobey God or don't, and don't follow his, his, his plan, try to manipulate things to make things work out according to God's plan, those things can blow up in our face. We don't need to help God out. We just need to trust God. We can't panic and live by sight and try to manipulate things. No, what God says is going to happen is going to come to fruition, and we just need to trust him. And so we can't scam man. We can't scam God. We can't con God. God is going to carry his plan through. So that was last week. Everything had blown up with with uh, with uh, Isaac and Rebecca and Esau and Jacob. Um, things are a mess. It's not pretty. And sin is never pretty. So those were the consequences of last week, and they're going to carry through to today. And so if you have your Bibles, let's look at verses 41 through 46 to begin with. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But when the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah, so she went and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of, of, of you both? In one day. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to him? My message this morning is uh, what sin can and can't do. And, and so we're going to look at, to begin with, uh, in verses 41 through 46, what sin can do. And we see three things that have happened because of the sin of this family. Number one, sin can cause a person to be desperate. Uh, Esau has seen his, his father bless uh, his brother Jacob, the blessing has been passed on to him. Esau has already uh, sold away the birthright for a bowl of lentils a couple chapters ago. But here in this passage of scripture, um, Isaac 
um, blesses his son Jacob, thinking it was Esau, and Craig covered that last week. And when Esau learns of this, Esau is seething with anger. Esau is desperate. And that's what sin does to a person. It makes a person desperate. He, it makes a person want to take things and, and try to work themselves out th- themselves. And for Esau, the answer to his anger uh, towards his brother was murder. He was wanting, he hated Jacob so much that he wanted to murder his brother. He was consumed. Um, hatred had consumed his emotions. That's a bad place to be. And he would have killed him right then and there, but uh, he was concerned about his dad. He was concerned about what his dad thought. And so he had, he had said to himself that when my father passes away, and probably at this point he's thinking that his father is really close to passing away, but uh, his father is going to live another 20 years. But when that takes place, when his dad dies, then he's going to kill his brother uh, Jacob. Esau was more concerned about what his dad thought than what God thought. Esau knew that murder was wrong. Now, the law isn't going to come through uh, Moses to the Israelites for another 500 plus years. But in Esau's heart, Esau knows that murder is wrong, but that's what Esau wants to do. Now, does Esau have a good reason to be angry? Absolutely. His brother has deceived his father. His brother tried to be Esau, and it worked, and he got the blessing. And so Esau, you know, he has a right to be angry, but it's really important at this point, and it's important for all of us, church, that if we have reason, good reason to be angry, we should be angry and yet not sin, the Bible says. There is righteous indignation. And with righteous indignation, you know what? It's important to do the right thing. And if you've been hurt, if you've been offended, you know, yes, you need to forgive. Absolutely, you need to forgive. But in your forgiveness, that doesn't someone off the hook for what they've done to you. You know, there's, there's something going on in our now. Now, this, this thing's cutting out. Um, if it cuts out again, I'll just go ahead and use the handheld. Uh, um, but... Uh, but in our denomination right now, there's a pastor and his wife. 
test one, two, that have been hurt. Uh, she wrote a story about her life. It was a testimony of God's grace in her life and in their marriage. And she had encountered abuse and sexual abuse years previously, and yet God had forgiven, enabled her to forgive and, and show grace and just restored some significant relationships in her life. And she was going to write, write a book about that story, but she sent a rough draft to one person and only one person. And uh, f- in sending that draft, somehow it got into the hands of other people. And uh, this last year, it, that story in getting the hands of other people, they wanted to use it to blackmail this uh, pastor in Texas. And so here we have these pastors in our convention, these employees in our entities, our, our denominational entities, that know the background of how this pastor's wife's story has been passed around and tried to be used uh, deceptively, tried to be used to destroy this pastor's ministry. And uh, people who know this pastor are saying to this pastor, you know what, you just need to forgive and go on. You just need to let it go. But you know what? He has a right. They have a right to be angry. And it is righteous indignation at this point. Because they are concerned about people, Christians, leaders in our denomination who are concealing the truth and um, allowing this concealment to, to hurt this pastor and their wife. This pastor and wife are not only concerned about those who are concealing the truth, but the testimony that it is, it is being in our denomination, in our convention, and among the leaders, the leadership of our convention. It's, a, it's an ugly situation. And the truth needs to come out. There is such a thing as righteous indignation. Do you forgive? Absolutely. This couple, this pastor couple, forgives these people who have done this thing, but they're concerned about their spiritual life in not being forthcoming with the truth and what it's doing and the impression it's leaving on our denomination. And so here we see Esau. He's angry, but it's not a righteous indignation. There's not anything righteous about what Esau wants to do. He wants to kill his brother. And he's more concerned, though, about what his father thinks and is going to wait than what God thinks. 
So if you're struggling with anger this morning, if you've been offended or if you've been hurt, you have a right to be angry, okay? But in your anger, don't sin. And in your hurt, you must forgive. We all must forgive. That doesn't mean letting the person who's hurt you off the hook. But if you continue to hold on to the resentment or to the anger and the hurt, someone said, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. No, all you're doing is hurting yourself. But that's where Esau is in this passage of Scripture. He hates his brother Jacob. And he wants to take things into his own hands. He is desperate. And that's what sin does. The second thing we see sin do, according to this text, it causes sin causes relationships to disintegrate. Look at verse 43. Verse 43. This is Rebecca speaking to Jacob. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away until your brother's anger turns away from from you and he will forget what you have done to him. Rebecca in her mind is thinking this this isn't going to last forever, okay? Jacob's just going to be gone for a little while. He he's uh, he's uh she's telling him to go and stay with uh her brother, uh Jacob's uncle Laban. And this family's being torn apart. I think last week we learned that, uh, you know, the boys right now, they're in their 70s, okay? And, uh, and so here, all these years, this family has been intact. But now through this uh, deception, uh, the family is being torn apart. Everything's blowing up in their face. And that's, that's what sin does. It disintegrates relationships. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 14 says, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. So if you're going to hang on to to anger and resentment and not forgive, just understand there are going to be consequences. And that could lead to a disintegration of relationships, as has happened here in this text. So sin causes one to become desperate. Sin causes relationships to disintegrate. And then number three, according to verse 46, verse 46, sin can cause life to be dreadful. Look at verse 46. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, 
what good will my life be to me? Isaac and Rebecca are are both um, having a difficult time with Esau's wives. He has two wives. If you go back to uh, Genesis chapter 26, verse 34 and 35, we really didn't cover these when we were in uh, chapter 26. But uh, here we see in verse 34, Esau was 40 years old when he got married. And he took Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So apparently, you know, Esau, he is a rebellious individual. Uh, Esau... um, did not take the 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 um, the covenant promise uh, seriously. He despised his birthright and sold it off to his brother for a, a, a bowl of lentil stew. And so that's been the nature of Esau his whole life. And uh, and so when Esau got married, you know. When it came to Isaac, what his it was his father, through his father's servant, who chose him a wife. And uh, Isaac obeyed his father Abraham. But here with Esau, there's no indication that he's consulted his parents as to who to marry. He's went to the Canaanite women. Uh, for for Abraham, uh, Isaac was to avoid the Canaanite women. But for Isaac's son Esau, he was attracted to the Canaanite women. And uh, he marries two of them. And so it's not just one, but he marries two. And they were, these were godless women. These were too many women. And these were mean women. And so the Bible says they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. And that's what sin can do. Sin can make life dreadful. And here we see in chapter 27, verse 46... Rebecca says, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women, referring to Esau's wives. If Jacob marries one of these Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? So there are some serious in-law problems going on, and they've been going on for... Um, the last 37 years. And uh, so Rebecca knows that this can't continue. Jacob, whom she loves, can't marry one of these uh, Canaanite women. He needs to go to where his brother lives, where she has come from, and he needs to find 
a wife there. So getting back to Esau, he's made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. He's a rebellious child. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verses 21 and 25, to have a fool for a child brings grief. There is no joy for the parent of a godless fool. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the mother who bore him. And that's where Isaac and Rebekah are with their son Esau. Mom and dad, it is so important from an early age of life to teach our children right from wrong, to to train them up in the ways of the Lord and teaching them God's commands, writing this on the doorpost of your house, throughout your house, bringing them to church, helping them to understand that this is God's desire for their life. Because if we don't teach them those principles early in life, well, the Bible says they can bring great grief to your life. And this is where Rebecca is. She loathes her life. And because this has been going on for the last 37 years, um, she's miserable. The Bible says she approached her husband, Isaac. And there wasn't full disclosure in this relationship. Um, because she's going to go to uh, Isaac and convince him that Jacob needs to go to Haran, go to her brother Laban to find a wife. And that's what she does, but she doesn't give the full story. She doesn't say it's because Esau wants to kill Jacob. She doesn't say because, you know, um, Jacob deceived you, Isaac, and that's what's led to this uh, friction now. No, she she doesn't go there. So she doesn't feel, tell the full story. But she tells Isaac that this needs to happen. So here we see this sin. It leads to desperation. It has disintegrated this family. And it has led to great dread for a mom and dad. That's what sin can do, according to this text and in this family. But there's one thing sin can't do. Sin cannot destroy the plan of God. It cannot destroy the plan of God. Let's go to chapter 28 and let's read verses 1 through 9. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise and go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laman, your mother's brother. God Almighty, bless your mother's brother. 
God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus, Isaac sent Jacob away and he went to Padan Aram and to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, he directed him. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Padam Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. So here we see that even though there's been deception, there's been manipulation, uh, God continues to work in these imperfect people's lives and that God is still carrying out his plan. Chaos in this family cannot destroy God's plan. Here, Jacob is going to leave. He's leaving. Um, his, his father, Isaac, is a very wealthy man. This wealth is to be passed on to Jacob. But Jacob is having to leave all that behind. And God is going to create new wealth in Jacob's life. God is going to tremendously bless him as we continue to look at the life of, of Jacob. Jacob is going to still continue to receive the land um, according to uh, Isaac's prayer. But um, Jacob is having to leave a whole lot behind uh, because the family has been uh, fractured. But God is still going to bless Jacob. And Esau is watching this entire exchange. And Esau is thinking to himself, well, you know, my brother is obeying my father. And uh, Jacob is to marry somebody from the family, his, his mother's side of the family. Maybe, maybe I can gain my father's blessing, my parents' blessing, if I marry from the family too. And so he's going to marry from his dad's side of the family, from his half-brother Ishmael, uh, his family. He's going to find another wife. Esau longs 
for his father's approval. And he's thinking, if this is the way I need to approach it, maybe I will get my father's blessing. His father's blessing is far more important than his heavenly father's blessing. Esau is not thinking in spiritual terms. Esau is thinking in earthly terms. He's trying to manipulate things. He's trying to work things out himself rather than going to God. And this has been Esau's way his whole life. My friend, if you want blessings in your life, God may give you temporal blessings. He may give you earthly blessings. But you cannot receive the eternal blessing of eternal life until you humble yourself before him and understand that you are a sinner separated from God and in our need of his forgiveness. And my friend, that has that includes all of us. My question to you this morning, have you made that decision for Christ? That's the most important decision that you will ever make. Esau isn't thinking in them in those terms. He's trying to figure it out himself. But I want you to see from this passage of scripture as, as well is that in spite of everyone's sinfulness, God continues to work out his plan. Jacob's going to go away. He's going to go find a wife. God is going to, to bless him tremendously in spite of all this chaos. You know what? It reminds me of another story. In Acts chapter 2, Peter tells us about that in verses 22 through 24. This is following the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Acts Acts 2, verse 22 says, Men of Israel, listen to these words. This Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man pointed out to you by God with miracles, wonders, signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, You used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. When Jesus was betrayed and he was brought before the council, a kangaroo court and found guilty and, and mocked and, and uh, scorned and, and sent to a cross and, and died on that cross. Here was a man who claimed to be God. And now he's, he's 
dead, hanging from a cross. They put him in a grave. Uh, And if you don't know the story, you're thinking to yourself, this is the worst thing that could have ever possibly have happened. The worst has has come to be has become reality. And it's just pure chaos. But my friend, in that chaos, in what from man's perspective was the absolute worst thing, from God's perspective was the most beautiful thing because he was making the way of salvation for you and I. In spite of man's sinfulness, in spite of man's rebellion and wickedness and evil nature, God has a plan that is not going to be thwarted. Isaac had a plan. Rebecca had a plan. Esau, Jacob had a plan. It was all sinful. And yet through all that, God was continuing to work. My friend, we must trust him. We must surrender our life to him. Esau never learned that. Up to this point, Jacob is in his 70s now. He has yet to learn it. We're going to see that he's going to learn it. But you and I must come to a place where we can't. But God can. And God's plan is far greater than ours. And we must trust him. The consequences of sin, it makes a mess of things. But it doesn't make a mess of what God intends to do. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. God, we don't deserve it. And in spite of the mistakes that we make, God, you have a greater plan and all things work together for good. But I pray that we would not be people who would abuse the grace of God. It would draw us to a life of obedience, a life of praise and gratitude for who you are. Jacob's going to eventually get there. And what a blessing that's going to be. Father, I pray that as we continue this walk of faith, that we wouldn't walk by sight, but we would walk by faith not live in fear, but trust you. And even if things aren't going our way 
in the moment, God, you are using it to make us more like Jesus. May that be our heart's desire. Lord, there's someone here who is dealing with a spirit of unforgiveness because of what someone else has done. Father, help them to forgive just like you have forgiven us. Help us to be honest with that person, to work out that issue, but Lord, ultimately trust you regardless of how that conversation goes and always live with a spirit of forgiveness. Help us not to be deceitful with our spouse or with our children. Help us to be people of integrity. Lord, help children to listen to the advice of their parents, to take seriously the advice of their parents and have a heart that obeys. God, the enemy wants to destroy families. And he's doing a pretty good job of it. But may we, as your people, look to you and live our life accordingly. And we'll thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please?